0: Ah pussy talented it do cartwheels and he paid cause he like how that curved up y'all <laughs> anyway I can't use the actual audio because I don't want it to be flagged for copyright so y'all get my melodic voice instead. Hey guys and welcome back to the podcast Claudia where your host Erika Kimani, a.k.a. me, your girl, gets to make noise on the internet for 30 minutes each week. Today, I'm super excited to bring you guys a new segment. Well, like everything on this blog is... (laughs) Blog? uh, Oops. On this podcast is brand spanking new because I just started. But um, this is going to be one of our first um, themed segments. And it's titled Pussy Power. Because... Pussy talented, it do cartwheels, hey, you know, Doji Cat. Um, I'd put the song in, but I don't want to get <laughs> copyrighted. Anyway, um, so Pussy Power is essentially a segment where we'll be reviewing stories of African women throughout um, the course of history. Um, phenomenal women who've done amazing things. Women who've exhi- exhibited traits like bravery, courage, integrity, excellence, I'm really hoping that it's going to be an uplifting segment for all my girlies out there. I'm hoping it'll bring light to the fact that baddies on the continent are nothing new. We've always had African queens. We've always had um, women on the continent doing the most um, misogyny and sexism is a colonial mindset. Drop it now. Drop it right now. Um, So, yeah, we're basically going to be reviewing amazing African women throughout history, from the north to the south, from the Cape to the Cairo, from the east to the west, all the islands. No rock will be left unturned as long as we are here. And by we, I mean me and the voices in my head, just so you guys know. Um, Claudia is actually currently just run by me. um, I say we a lot just because it sounds better than I. I don't know. But yeah, it's actually run by me, <laughs> and I have like guests coming over, but I do all the work. Yeah, um, interpret that how you will. Anyway, for today's episode, today's the first part. Well, the first part of Pussy Power. I decided why start in the north? While start why start in the ocean when I can start at home? So our first case study is going to be that of a home gale a girl from home. We're going to be looking at the story of Intebuhang Ratsosa. Let's get into it. Okay, so picture this. The year is 1916. Khosi the third of the Bangoketi, was just murdered in his khutla by his brother. Seapapito's heir, who will later be known as the II, is only eight years old and therefore obviously cannot be installed as king. But have no fear, two women shall rise to safeguard the interests of the Bangwaketi royal house and tribal administration. One of these wonderful women is Seppapito III's mother, the one eyed queen, and the second is his elder sister, Ntaburang. In 1923, after seven troubled years of working through three male regents, Seppapito's mother installed herself as mut. Hmm. Pronunciation. Mutwareledi. Right? Anyway, meaning regent. Already dying of cancer, she shortly thereafter named Ntabokang to succeed her. Like her mother, Intebuhang was absolutely devoted to the welfare of her people while preparing for their future under Batwen II. Born in Kanye in 1882 as the child of Bathoen the I and related through her mother to Bakwena royalty, like other members of her household, she received a formal education i.e. colonial education, and was raised in a strict Christian manner. She married the Bangwato noble, Ratsu Samotsweta, by whom she bore three children, but returned to Kanye after being widowed in 1917. In 1923, she left the LMS Church to become a lifelong Seventh-day Adventist. Um, those of you might some pe- Some of you might know them as Sabata but yeah, and she stayed as Seventh-day Adventist till she died, mind you. Ntepukhang's determination helped her face the relatively weak position she initially occupied as Muzwara Lady. The LMS men who then dominated the Qutla resented the SDA. So um, she really wasn't on um, good standing. She was also disadvantaged by her status as a widow. So she's a woman, she's with the SDA, And she's a widow. Yeah, things are not looking very good for our girl over here. To bolster her position like the strategic queen she is, Ntabokhang appoints six men to serve as an advisory council. Though all of her council served her loyally, she came to rely on one in particular, which was Khampuka Mudi, who usually acted as a deputy at the Khota. Among Ntabokhang's early initiatives were efforts to combat the large swarms of locusts. She organized an extensive well-digging campaign to provide large amounts of water needed for mixing chemical sprays and for the hundreds of oxen pulling the wagons of the anti-locust teams. Ntabukhang also notably used her SDA connections to finesse the first medical care centers throughout Hangwaketse. At Kanye, the protectorate's first clinics were introduced, followed by the hospital, with additional early facilities placed in Manyana and Lehututu. Did I say that right? Probably not. With the subsequent introduction of a tribal levy to support the SDA medical services, the Bangwaketi were able to establish what for its time was a model public health system two decades before the NHS in Britain. Yes, guys, the West is not the model for everything. So this is two decades before the NHS. Two decades. The blueprint. Just saying. The blueprint. Ntepukhang's regency was also remembered for enforcing public codes of conduct that lapsed since the death of her brother, such as reviving the ban on the sale of khadi. She also made her presence felt outside Hangwagetse. More phenomenalness coming on. Ntepukhang was the first woman to sit in the Native Advisory Council and became one of its most outspoken members, often speaking against the threat of the Bichwana Land Protectorate being incorporated into the Union of South Africa. If you know your apartheid history, then, not even apartheid history, any colonial history that has to do in Southern Africa, then you know why this was a big deal. Um, When the protectorate government sought South African assistance for the anti-locust campaign, and Tabukhang objected, she feared that if such men dug wells or discovered minerals in the process, they might try to claim the land as their own, as, you know, the greedy do. She got her way and the work was done by Bangwa Ketze and local protectorate employees. Through the Native Advisory Council, Ntapukhang also obtained money to greatly expand the piped water scheme in Kanye and set up bull camps projects with her nephew, which her nephew subsequently continued as, and expanded. Um, I don't wanna get into every single thing that Ntapukhang did throughout her lifetime. But um, there is something that I think we should look at. So our British outies were very happy to see her hand over to Bathoen the second when they were concerned about Ntibukhang's growing territorial influence. But at the installation ceremony, she gave her speech in Setswana. And this might not seem like a big deal, but it was at the time, it was a huge celebration of Sotswana Oratory. She said, rich and poor are presented to you. Liars are also presented to you. Whatever he be, everyone is yours. They are like the wives of one man. Wives of one man never love each other. And these wives of yours will be like that. And for many years thereafter, she continued to offer wise counsel to royals and commoners alike, while devoting much of her time to the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And I think that's where her story ends. So we have the story of a woman who um, overcame obstacles in her rise to regency, who was secure in her fight to avoid Botswana being incorporated as a the Land Protectorate being incorporated as part of the South African Union. Um, she stood up against um she stood up against the Protectorate quite a bit. And she was not best friends with the British, which is not an easy thing. It's not easy to be to oppose your colonizer, let's be real. Um, but yeah, her rule and that of other regions, like that of her mother, and Mohumad, hmm, Mohum, hmm, like that of her mother, was significant as they herald an era where women in Botswana could take an increasingly active role in politics. Ntepukhang died in the year 1979. Um, I think that's given us quite a bit to reflect on. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, much love. Have a lovely week. Keep it pushing. Um, giving up is for pussy ass bitches. So keep pushing, keep going. You've got this. Mama believes in you. Um, sending blessings your way. Let's go out and determined to do good. Let's do it. Bye.